It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 25th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll talk about the Orlando Magic's win over the Brooklyn Nets, a humongous win that may or may not be a future sign of things to come, may or not be the moment the Magic get their groove back, but for at least one night, the Orlando Magic were the team we all imagined they could be. We'll talk about that game coming up here in just a moment, but before you do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Brooklyn Nets perspective of Monday's game? Check out Locked On Nets. Want to look ahead to Wednesday's game against the Atlanta Hawks? Check out Locked On Hawks, a big game, of course, between the Hawks and the Sixers on Monday night. No matter which team you're interested in learning more about, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Plus, we have great national podcasts covering the NBA and Locked On NBA, Locked On Faces Basketball, Rejecting the Screen, and the Hollinger and Duncan NBA Show. Download these podcasts wherever you find podcasts today. By searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Things could not have been going worse for the Orlando Magic through the first two and a quarter quarters of the game. The offense was stagnant and slow. The team, again, struggling to make open shots, yes, but... Also, just struggling to move the ball. Just struggling to get into their offense and just play with any kind of pace or rhythm. It was just abysmal. The defense, usually so reliable, was giving up points in bunches with the Nets able to get into the paint at will. You know, kind of leaving their potent three-point shooting on the table a little bit because the Magic were struggling so much just to defend the paint. Nikola Vucevic was left on that dreaded island that he cannot get left on. And he was a step slow anyway. Things could not have been worse. And in fact, there was no lower moment than that moment early in the third quarter when Joe Harris got a rebound off a missed free throw. Dribbled back to the three-point line with Nikola Vucevic hanging way off him and looking, kind of looking at him and not defending him and drained a three-pointer to make it a 19-point game. 
if there was a game where the Magic would play with some urgency, would play with playoff intensity, wouldn't need a little bit of motivation to show up with intensity, this should have been the game. This should have been the game that Orlando didn't have to worry about their approach or how they were going to play. Instead, Orlando dug themselves a hole. Instead, Orlando didn't play with the right focus and right intensity. They needed to find it. And Nikola Vucevic, to his credit, said enough was enough. According to Dante Marcatelli uh, of Fox Sports Florida during the huddle after that play, a play that, again, Vucevic certainly had his share of blame with, he said to his team, he reportedly said to his teammates, we say the right things, we know the right things, we need to do it. Vucevic again had been left on that island so often with poor perimeter defense. It was time for the team to buck up. It was time for the team to stop saying the right things because they've been saying the right things all year long. It was time for them to do it. At long last, it seemed like their backs were against the wall. A, a chance to close the gap with the Brooklyn Nets to a game and a half instead of falling behind by three and a half games. A chance to put more distance between them and the Washington Wizards with the Wizards playing the Bucks. The, the Wizards would lose in overtime later in the night. The Magic had everything to play for. They needed to start acting like it. And so slowly the engine started to churn again. Slowly that fire and that spark started to return to this Magic team. The defense wasn't perfect, but they were scrappy and they scrambled. On one possession, three Magic players were on the floor to dig out a loose ball. Aaron Gordon started pinching down to, to help Vucevic on the glass and prevent the putbacks from Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan that were killing the Magic over and over and over again when Vucevic had to step up to clean up the mess. And the offense started to get going. Give Nikola Vucevic all the credit in the world. He scored 12 points the rest of the third quarter to give the Magic a little bit of offensive life and a little bit of offensive juice and a little bit of offensive rhythm. He was demanding the ball. And he wasn't settling for three-pointers. His last shot was a three. But he was attacking the paint, getting to the basket, and finally finishing at the rim. And that got everyone else going. So the lead was down to six, then four, then one. And finally, Orlando had the lead on a Terrence Ross dunk. The Magic were ready to go toe-to-toe with a hot-shooting Nets team. The Nets would hit a three, the Magic would answer. Terrence Ross would answer. Aaron Gordon would hit all seven of his shots in the fourth quarter, including a tough fadeaway, about two and a half minutes to play, to give the Magic the lead for good. And then a step back three, with about a minute 15 to play, to give the Magic a four-point lead. And on one of the final possessions of the game, on the penultimate possession of the game, the Nets were able to get that dreaded rotation. They were able to get a free path to the basket when Aaron Gordon rotated over and blocked Karis LeVert's shot. Emphatically, in fact. Orlando contested three, got the rebound, and after turning over the inbounds pass, when, again, the referees did not grant Steve Clifford a timeout, the Magic were able to get one last stop. Michael Carter-Williams contesting a three 
from Torian Prince. And the Magic escaped with a 115-113 to 113 victory over the Brooklyn Nets. The kind of win that makes any fan, makes players pump their fist. This team had to scramble and scrap to get this win. They have not had many better, they have not had many good wins like this all year. They truly had to earn it. And they did earn it. Without a doubt, they earned it. They pushed aside their weaknesses, pushed aside their struggles, and they found a way yet again. Something that, that we haven't said much about this team this year. And it was an important win, as I mentioned. The Magic are chasing the Nets for the seventh seed. They're now one and a half games back in the Nets with two more games against Brooklyn to play. In fact, Orlando with the win guarantees they will at least tie the season series with the Nets this season. Big, big, big. Especially considering, um, especially considering that the, the, how close these two teams appear to be. Orlando rode a wave of momentum and confidence to victory. Their best players stepped up in big moments, whether it was Nikola Vucevic in that third quarter, Aaron Gordon in the fourth, Terrence Ross in the fourth, or Evan Fournier just just quietly, honestly, pacing the team throughout the game. Everyone had a part to play in that comeback. And the Magic finally got a win to hang their hat on. But of course... Doing that once is one thing. It's doing it again that matters. And that will be the ultimate question this team faces. The Orlando Magic defeat the Brooklyn Nets 115-113. to They'll head over to Atlanta next to play the Atlanta Hawks to close out this quick road trip. Before we get into the final box score, you know, there's there's always all these stats that you got to worry about, all these things that you're, that you're trying to find, these criteria that you're looking to fill the job you need to do. You know, Magic need Nikola Vucevic to score a certain amount of points and grab a certain amount of rebounds and Aaron Gordon to do certain things. You're always looking to check off the boxes of what you need. Well, when you start your hiring process, because this is a terrible segue, you may have questions. We find good applicants to choose from. What about education and experience? And how will you know you've made the right hire? How will you know you've checked off all those boxes? Well, Indeed is here to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help create your short list of applicants fast. Also add skills tests to your job post so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Just think what Jeff Weltman could do with that, but he's trying to find players. Their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at Indeed.com slash locked on and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions and exclusions apply Offer valid through March 31st, 2020. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast. Of course, a really interesting game for the Orlando Magic. Uh, really, I mean, I, I hate the tale of two halves cliche, but it really, really was for a lot of players. The Magic honestly did not look worse. Honestly, in my opinion, they did not look worse at any point in the season than they did in the first half of this game. It, the first half was just absolutely abysmal, and some of it might have been the expectations and, and, and the important feeling of this game. I mean, we're in late February. We're past the All-Star break. You're playing the team directly in front of you. This has got to be a no-brainer show-up-and-play game on both ends. You know, if, if the game doesn't have a playoff atmosphere, because yes, this is the 7th and 8th seed, the Magic are not a you know, sexy opponent for a lot of opposing th- fan bases. Um, it, it, if, it's, if it's not going to be a playoff atmosphere, you got to create playoff intensity. And, and, and it got there eventually. Don't get me wrong. I think both teams really pushed for the win once it was close in the fourth quarter, and, and the Magic rose to the challenge. But the first half of this game was just abysmal uh, in, in, in so many ways. I mean, Orlando just couldn't do anything right, and all their worst habits and all their worst traits really came out to, to the forefront in this one. But eventually everything started to turn in the right direction. Everyone started to play better. Nikola Vucevic, as I mentioned, 16 points, 7 for 15 shooting, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 for 3 from Beyond the arc, he scored 12 of his 16 points in the third quarter as part of that run to really spur the Magic back into the game. Uh, that that third quarter was what the Magic need from Nikola Vucevic. I, I think I've been... I am known as a Nikola Vucevic defender, and I do defend Nikola Vucevic a lot. Um, but I am critical... On, I'm certainly critical on him in this, in this one point. You know, Vucevic is good at filling up a box score. He does... He he puts he puts his work in, he gets his numbers, and, and that's that's fine. You you need those guys. You need guys that get numbers. But the one thing Vucevic has struggled with all year is being a guy who lifts his team up, who makes his team better. I, I think I've I spoke uh, recently. I forget I forget which episode. You know, all these episodes start to run together. But um, I think it was after I think it was Saturday's episode of Locked On Magic after the Magic's loss to the Mavericks. I talked about how. Important it is for Vucevic to make shots early, to kind of set a tone for the team. You know, they go to him a lot early in games especially, and he's got to deliver early on just to set the defense right and how important it is for him to do that. This is a game where eventually the Magic had to turn to Nikola Vucevic. And he was aggressive. He went to the basket. He didn't settle for three-pointers. He didn't settle behind the three-point line. He did so many good things in the second half. Didn't completely erase his poor first half. I thought his first half was about as bad as he's played. And, you know, I, his shooting struggles this year are well documented. And if he's not hitting open shots, if he's not a reliable shooter, if he's not a reliable post player, he is not good enough to make up for his defensive shortcomings. Um, that's that's just the, the plain truth. And, you know, I've, I've often said I think his defense is a rhythm thing. And right now, he is very out of rhythm defensively on that front. 
uh, and his defense was. I, I thought his. I thought he was good at at bringing the secondary help and, and, and kind of challenging. I thought he's maybe setting his line a little too passively. He, um, you know, he he's dropping, and and that's how the Magic want to play. But you still want an aggressive drop. You still want to to set a line of where you're going to meet the 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 offensive player. And I think Vucevic gets caught backpedaling too much. I think he gets caught setting a deep line, and that gives a lot of space to to, to offensive players. And I did not think he did a good do a good job with that. Um, you know, it left him exposed on the back end where Jared Allen uh, and DeAndre Jordan both had field days. Um, the Magic gave up a lot of those putback plays, gave up 16 offensive rebounds. Uh, it was it was not a great effort on that back line defense. And some of that is, you know, again, like I said, Aaron Gordon pinching down or, or someone pinching down to help Nikola Vucevic, but. Um, you know, Vucevic on an island did not do particularly well. So, lots to criticize Nikola Vucevic in this game, uh, even later into the game in the second half. But he picked up his pace, he picked things up in the second half, and, and played a really fine game. Uh, you know, I really don't have much to complain about on that front because Vucevic eventually just, you know, he didn't take over the game. He took over the game in the third quarter to kind of set the magic, uh, set the magic up right, and everyone else took it from there. And then he became a supporting player, probably the way that he really should be. Um, and, and so, the Magic got uh, ultimately a good game from Nikola Vucic, but certainly a game that should have been a lot better. And again, early on especially, just kind of setting that tone is so big for him, and, and I didn't think he did that. He finally did later on in the game. Aaron Gordon, though, the star of the night. 27 points, 11 for 16 shooting, made all seven of his shots uh, in the fourth quarter. 3 for 4 from beyond the arc, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 blocks, and a steal. Um... First half, again, like Vucevic, Gordon was not very good. Um, you know, I thought his defense was okay, not impact, not impactful, but his offense just, his offensive decision-making sometimes leaves a lot to, to, to be desired. It's not just his shot selection, to be honest. It's his, it's his decision-making when to attack and how to attack and how quickly he attacks. I'm a big believer that Aaron Gordon does best when he attacks quickly, when he makes quick decisions, when he catches the defense a little bit off guard. If he's kind of stuck there dribbling around too much and, and trying to, to to create off the dribble and, and, and be kind of an isolation star, he gets himself into trouble. And, and even in transition, he will force his way to the basket too much and and, and you know try to be a post-up player, and he's just, he's just not a good post-up player. Um, you know, I, I don't think, honestly, I don't think the Magic have used him correctly. I think the Magic have... Kind of put him out of position a little bit. Um, you know, like everyone says, he needs to be a, a role man a little bit more. I think he could be really, really effective there. Magic don't really do that with him. Um, it, it just it it wasn't good, and and you're left off. And I find this with Aaron Gordon, you don't really know what you're going to get from him consistently. You don't really know what kind of offensive game he's going to have for you or how to use him effectively because he's just so inconsistent everywhere. And that's, I mean, honestly. That's part of the problem with Aaron Gordon right now. But for, you know, second half, he really started to put all those pieces together. I mean, you see the talent that this kid has, and, it, you know, you don't want to give up on it. I, I, I do want to stress that. But you see how all the pieces can fit together sometimes, and it just really impresses you. And Gordon was quick with his attack, he was decisive, uh, he, was, he was smart and intelligent with, with the decisions he was making. Uh, he he hit some tough shots, but they all came after he'd already established his rhythm. He did a great job attacking the basket. Really, throughout the game, I thought he did a good job attacking the basket and and trying to finish around the rim. Uh, he was opportunistic going after offensive rebounds. He was good cutting to the basket and diving toward the rim. 
did a lot of really just did a lot of really good things on that front. And obviously, the result speaks for itself. He made some key shots, made some big shots throughout the game, and all of it was just very much in rhythm of taking what the defense gave him, not forcing things, and making quick decisions. It's 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 so it can be really simple with them, um, you know. But but getting to that point is is the part of the struggle I think for Aaron Gordon and and and, and part of what um, part of the consistency the Magic need to see from him. Terrence Ross off the bench, 21 points, 8 for 15 shooting, 4 for 8 from beyond the arc, 8 rebounds. This was a classic Terrence Ross performance. Um, the Magic have not had a lot of these games where Ross shoots the team back into a game or, the, or Ross kind of duels another shooter or duels another shooting team and keeps Orlando alive. And, and that's really what he did in this game. There was a stretch, several, there was at least two stretches in the fourth quarter where the Magic just exchanged, you know, one or two three-pointers with, with the Nets where... Terrence Ross would hit a three, then Dinwiddie would hit a three, then Evan Fournier would hit a three, then Levert would hit a three, and then Ross would answer with another three. Um, there, there, are just, there are just stretches like that, and and Ross was up to the challenge this time. Um, you know, he, he I, I thought he did a really good job in the second half especially, finding his rhythm by getting inside the lane and getting to the basket. Um, you know, the, he, he took, gave the Magic their first lead since the first quarter on a dunk, which we haven't seen a lot of this year outside of breakaways. Um, and that came because Gordon was cutting and passing him. He was willing to cut to the basket. I thought he had several possessions where he's willing to cut his his uh, his curl shallow so he wasn't taking a three but was taking a long two uh, and, and did a good job kind of dribbling and, and getting rith- rhythm into his shots. Um, so when he did take kind of the the contested threes that, that he can take, he'd already established a rhythm. He'd already seen the ball go through the basket. It's better to do it that way than to just kind of shoot those threes cold, I think. Um, and so Ross got hot, and it's been a long time since we've seen that. It's been a while since we've seen that in a game like this where he really makes a huge difference. And and it, again, it was it was the difference in the game. Uh, you know, Terrence Ross coming off the bench and making those those baskets really gave them offense life, and all of a sudden things started to feel very, very, very familiar. Evan Fournier, I thought, did a good job pacing the Magic throughout the game. 21 points, 8 for 16 shooting, 3 for 8 from beyond the arc, 4 assists for him. Um, Fournier had 12 in the first quarter, or in the first half, excuse me. Um, just, again, just a very good job pacing the team. Uh, you know, we we haven't seen, a, you know, it, where everyone was kind of up and down all game, Fournier was pretty solid throughout. So I have nothing to complain about with Evan Fournier. You know, maybe one or two shots I could, I could complain about, but did a good job attacking, getting the basket, made made the threes when he got it, really kept the magic from kept the magic from being a real embarrassment in the first half, and, and, and he deserves a lot of credit. Uh, I don't think we've talked enough about the effort that he has given this season. Um, Mobamba deserves some mention with five blocks in 14 minutes. Uh, kid is getting... kid. Mobamba bounced back after a really bad defensive game against the Mavericks. Again, same problem as Vucevic. He lost connection with DeAndre Jordan a few times. Jordan out-muscled him on several occasions. One possession, Bamba was trying to face a uh, blockout, was to try to face guard DeAndre Jordan to block him out. Ball just happened to fall right into Jordan's lap, and, and he was able to kind of rip it from Bamba and get a jump ball. Um, Bamba did good good work actually to make that a jump ball as well. But um, again, the problems with Bamba are, are strength and, and are kind of adding strength and bulk to, to deal with post players. But uh, a solid effort, I thought. Nets made a couple of really tough floaters over him. His his defense is starting to get some good reputation. Um, James Ennis also a nice game, thirteen points, 
three for six shooting, four rebounds for him, as well as making a three-pointer. The Orlando Magic shoot 49.4% from the floor. That did not seem like it was possible in the first half. 13 of 34 from beyond the arc, 14 of 17 from the foul line. They totaled 15 stocks in the game. That's a big thing for Orlando, getting those stocks up and commit just 10 turnovers. Brooklyn's led in scoring by Spencer Dinwiddie with 24 points on 9 for 20 shooting. Karis LeVert adds 19 points on 8 for 21 shooting. Jared Allen with 16. Garrett Temple with 18. DeAndre Jordan with 6 off the bench. The Nets shoot 47.9% from the floor, 16 of 37 from beyond the arc, just 5 of 8 from the foul line. So the Magic did a good job keeping the Nets off the free throw line. That is a big, big part of this team's defense and a good sign for the defense that they were able to do so. Um, But 13 offensive rebounds lead to 16 second chance points for the Nets, um, something the Magic will have to clean up. But in the end, Orlando is able to get the win, 115 to 113 to climb a game and a half back of the Nets for 7th in the Eastern Conference. The Orlando Magic again back in action on Wednesday against the Atlanta Hawks. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So what does this win actually mean? For one night, at least one night, the Magic had their swagger back. We've waited all year for this team to look like last year's team. It's been a constant, constant question this Magic team has faced throughout the season. How does this compare to last year? How do you reach back and and be the team that you were last year? A lot of this season was sold as the team getting a continuity bump. Pretty much the entire roster returned with the addition of Mo Mo Bamba back from injury and Markel Fultz to the lineup. And both those players have done good things. But ultimately, this group was supposed to carry over what they did last year. And the fact of the matter is, injuries have played a role, but the fact of the matter is, this team has not done so. For whatever reason, for... For whatever reason, this group just hasn't played with the same, I don't know what to call it, the same intensity, the same urgency, the same focus that they did throughout that 22-9 and run last year. I've said it over and over and over again, and I, I do believe this, that this team is better than it was last year. They're, they're more talented, they're more experienced, and you can see that because Despite everything else, this team is still in playoff position. And I think some of the struggles they've had this year, they would not have been able to overcome if they had not gone through what they did last year. I think the Magic would be in much worse shape if they didn't have the playoff experience from last year. I think it saved them a few times. but And another way I think it's held them back. 
Steve Clifford mentioned after the win over the Detroit Pistons last last week before the All-Star break that the team has lacked urgency. That this team just hasn't played with the same kind of intensity and frankly chip on their shoulder that they did throughout last season. And a lot of this season has been searching for that. Searching for that that sort of consistency, a focus of effort, of attention to detail. And it just hasn't been there all year. Yes, the Magic are ranked 7th in the league in defensive rating, but Steve Clifford has been very critical of the defense throughout the entire year. And and while, you know, certain indi- you know certainly like statistics would say the Magic are a good rebounding team, they're not a good rebounding team. They're not a physical they're not a naturally physical team. Their their on-ball perimeter defense has not been fan- has not been good and so the numbers would say the Magic are a decent defensive team, but clearly they are not good enough, especially with the way the Magic have struggled offensively this year. So again, again, how do the Magic take that next step? How do the Magic find or create that urgency that they've been missing all year? How do the Magic find that spark, that swagger, that confidence? Because last year at this time of the season, the Magic felt like they could beat anybody. The Magic took it to some really good teams on that stretch. I mean, you talk about that 22-9 stretch. They beat the Warriors. They beat the Bucks. They beat the Celtics. They beat the Sixers. They beat the Raptors in Toronto with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, actually, no, no, they didn't scratch that. But you get the point. They beat some really good teams on their way to the playoffs last year. Obviously, this year they haven't done that. They only have, I think, five wins against teams with records above 500 this year. They haven't had that big aha moment until Monday. Monday, you know, really since the Lakers game. This went over the Lakers. In this game, you know, Josh Robbins of the Athletics said on Twitter that this was probably the Magic's best win, you know, behind that win over the Lakers. And, you know, I can't say I disagree. This was a gutsy performance. With their backs against the wall, the Magic finally found the intensity that they've been searching for all season long. They finally found the focus, the spark, and dare I say it, the swagger that they've been missing. Terrence Ross has had a rough shooting season. And You know, he's not afraid to shoot. You don't want him afraid to shoot. But he finally had a game where he shot the Magic into a win. They shot the Magic back into the game early in the fourth quarter, just like he did last year. The Magic finally had a game where their defense stood up, stood tall, and locked down the opponent with big plays, swarming plays, to help give their offense a chance, help spark some transition, help spark the team in general. And the Magic finally had the attitude of, we're going to go out and win this game. We're going to go out and take it to our opponents. We're going to put our opponents on the back foot. It's been an element that's been missing this year. The Magic have rarely played with this kind of fervor and passion. It's not an effort thing. something completely different. It's confidence. It's urgency. It's... Again, it's, it's, it's something that's really hard to describe. The issues with this Magic team are, yes, they're missing open shots, but 
you watch the team play, especially look at that first half, it's lethargic and slow and, pa- and, and passive. The team isn't on the attack. Not smartly, at least. They aren't taking it to their opponents. They're not putting pressure on their opponents. As, as Steve Clifford has said throughout the year, they run through their sets well, but when it's time to make a play, when it's time to break the defense down, they aren't making those plays. The Magic finally did that in the second half of this game and scored a big win in the process. Obviously, for the playoff implications, but for pure confidence sake, again, that game against the Lakers, the Magic were so severely undermanned. I believe Evan Fournier was out, DJ Augustine was out, obviously Jonathan Isaac was out. They were so severely undermanned, they had to play with that kind of passion and fervor to have any chance to win. And this game... Throughout the second half, they played without fear. They played like they had nothing to lose. They did have something to lose. But having that attitude, having that spirit, changed everything for the team. As Steve Clifford said after the game, though, every team in the league is going to have good wins. Every team in the league is going to have bad losses. It's the reality of an 82-game season. There's, there's going to be good wins and bad, bad, and bad losses along the way. The question, though, is whether this is something permanent. This was a good win. A necessary and important win in the Magic, after sleepwalking through the first half, treated it like one. And they earned it. Don't get it wrong. The Magic earned this win. They went out and took the game. They made the plays. They got the victory. No matter how bad that first half was, they took care of their business. The question is, are they going to do it again? Are they going to come out with the same intensity and focus and urgency Wednesday against a Hawks team that isn't very good? Dangerous, don't get me wrong, but not very good. Are they going to bring that same focus? Are they going to fall back into their old habits, into their bad ways? Is this a turning point in the season? A game that sparks so much more down the line? Or is this just a response to one call to action? Believe it or not, this is the true test for the Orlando Magic. This is the true test of their character. They've gone through a lot this season. They've struggled. They're not the team we all thought they would be. But as I've I've said repeatedly, the rest of the season is about making the most of this group. And to do that, they've got to finish seventh. That is the goal. So Wednesday night becomes a test of this team's character. A big test of this team's character. Because now they've shown they do have that swagger. They do have that confidence. They do have that will. Now are they going to do it again? I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Once again, the Orlando Magic defeat the Brooklyn Nets. 115 to 113 to climb to a game and a half behind 
the Nets for the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Magic. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rosswin-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.